This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I realized recently that I've been doing this podcast for nearly three years. Yes, almost three years of the value investor now. And I've never really done a basic show on what is a value stock. I assumed most people would have some idea, but events during last weekend's uh, Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting and the tweets about what happened at that meeting kind of proved that I was mistaken about whether or not people know what a value stock is. And so there was a lot of confusion at the annual meeting when, and right before it, actually, when Warren Buffett announced suddenly that one of his two lieutenants had bought shares in Amazon during the first quarter. So Berkshire Hathaway now owns shares of Amazon. And he was asked, rightly, if Berkshire was abandoning its value stock strategy. He said the two investors, um, you know, his two lieutenants were still committed value investors, no, no less than what he is. But he clearly didn't really want to talk about the Amazon purchases, but he revealed them because they're going to come out in the filings anyways. So why not just put it out there? But yeah, he didn't really want to take questions on it. And he didn't have the two lieutenants uh, on the stage with them to talk about which one of them bought it and why. Just all we know is that they bought it. So maybe we'll hear more when the filing actually comes out. But um a lot of people were then on Twitter and stock tweets uh, trying to talk about, you know, the Amazon purchase because there's really no way to argue that it is a value stock, even though I own it. Um, so I'd like to say it's a value stock, but it's really cannot be one. I'm sorry to tell you all. Um, but uh, let's get to like, what is the definition? Because that's where a lot of the confusion seems to lie about what is really a value stock. So I turned to Benjamin Graham to try to find out what the old definition is, because that is uh, Buffett's mentor and what he uses a lot to guide him on value investing decisions. And it's really value investing in general is about finding undervalued stocks and holding them until um, you know the market figures out that those are cheap and then the share price rises. So some keys that um, he talked about in his book, Intelligent Investor, which I'm still going to do a cheat sheet on, but I guess this is kind of a mini one right now on that book. Um, that's Benjamin Graham's, you know, the Bible of value investing. But I saw this good article from Cabot Wealth Network about some of the keys he looks for for value stocks. So I'm going to list them out here, and that's kind of where we're going to determine whether or not Amazon is one or not. Um, so the first one is a PE at nine or less. I don't know why Benjamin Graham chose nine in particular. I have to check out the book to find out. But it could be 10, but basically a low PE. Then he used this thing called the current ratio, which is current assets divided by current liabilities. And when I was running the screen in a moment, um, I use current ROI for this. And it's to find companies with ratios of 1.5. Um, I actually look for that or above. And then you find companies with positive earnings growth during the past five years. So it's much more the historical earnings. And the earnings now need to be higher than five years ago. So they're steadily growing those earnings. And then uh, he looks for companies with price-to-book value less than 1.2. I'm not sure why it's 1.2 and not something else, but um, apparently it's 1.2. 
And uh, then the one of the final things that I included on this is that it pays a dividend, although that's not really a key necessarily to a value stock. And there's plenty of value stocks that do not pay dividends. But for the sake of this and this list, I'm going to include it here. So um, that's basically to reward long-term investors because with a lot of value stocks, as you know, you have to have patience. And you might be sitting there um, really earning not much or very little for maybe even several years. And so the dividend kind of takes away a little of the pain as everything else is going up around you. You could be like, why am I still in this? Oh, yeah, I'm getting at least something. And I noticed this kind of effect because I am a shareholder of Starbucks uh, for multiple years. And over the last, uh, the prior, I would say three and a half, almost four years, the stock really went nowhere. And it was annoying. Like it was, you were like, why am I in this? But Starbucks, what does pay a dividend and it's, it's fairly decent, actually. I think it's almost, was almost near 3% at, at one point. And so I was getting, and I reinvested that dividend. I was getting some more shares along the way. So it wasn't as painful as it otherwise might've been. And I, it did encourage me to stay in the stock. So, so we're going to include dividend here because he includes it and it does reward the long-term investors. So this list doesn't include price to sales or PEG. You could use those factors too, to find the value stocks too. Um, but Running, looking at these factors and looking at it in terms of Amazon, for instance, does Amazon fit in with these factors? These are what value stocks are. And the only criteria I can see that it really does meet is the earnings growth because, yes, Amazon's earnings are much higher now than they were five years ago, and they are steadily growing them. But everything else really doesn't fit in this in this um, scenario here. So why are people arguing that Amazon is a value stock when it's not? And it could be because in the December sell-off of 2018, a lot of the big growth names got cheaper and its value relative to its peers got more attractive in some cases because some sold off more than others. And I've talked about this before. If you have a bunch of tech stocks and their average P is, say, like 35 and they have a price to sales ratio of like five or seven or something, and then one company in that group is with a PE of, say, 20 and a price to sales of 2.5, well, that company now looks a lot cheaper than the overall group, uh, 20 PE compared to a 35. Yeah, we would be like, oh, yeah, that's that's a cheaper tech stock than its peers. So there is this relative value type of argument you could make, and a lot of people like to make it. But that doesn't mean that that tech stock is an actual value stock. It's still a growth stock, but I always just like to say it's a cheaper growth stock, but it's not a value stock as Benjamin Graham would define it. So another thing, Buffett was bullish on stocks at the annual meeting, and he said that because with interest rates so low, that is when stocks do well, when interest rates are low. So he's still very bullish with these low interest rates. But someone said on Twitter that this was a contradiction because apparently, according to this person, value investors are supposed to be bears. And I'm not really sure why that argument is now being put out there, because your style of investing has nothing to do with bullishness or bearishness. Um, but now there's this view that value investors somehow are on the sidelines, like they're, quote, missing out, unquote. They're missing out because they're not in those big growth 
hot stocks right now. And so that must mean they're bearish because they're not going into those when there is another reason why value investors are not in those big growth stocks. And that's because they don't want to overpay. They want to stick to their strategy of value, having the real value in their minds. Um, So I feel like that's like a dumb argument these days to be like, oh, value investors, they can't be bullish um, because that's not true at all. And value investors, as you know, we look for deals. We buy stocks when they're out of favor, when everyone says you're dumb, you know, you're, you're clueless about this company. That's when we go into buy and we buy when others are afraid. And to me, that's not bearish if we're buying when people are fleeing it. That's really, really bullish, actually. So um, just putting that out there because I saw a lot of weird discussion about value investors in general over the weekend of the Berkshire annual meeting and um, a lot of just discussion about what is value. So value is not a cheap growth stock. It is a true value stock with certain fundamentals that are really cheap. And so Amazon is not one, but I look forward to hearing more details on why Berkshire now owns that. And um, also, I'm sure we'll be having more discussions on this podcast about how you can buy some of the fangs or the growth stocks and not feel like ashamed about buying it because now even Warren Buffett and his lieutenants, I should say, not necessarily him, but his lieutenants are buying it. So Um, that's all good. But for this podcast, I wanted to plug in Graham's definition of a value stock and like the factors he looks for into the stock screener to see what we get if we screen for what he looks for. And I was a little scared, to be honest, because we haven't really screened for some of these factors in the past with our value screens. And it doesn't have the Zach's rank on there either. So I did did decide to leave the Zach's rank off on the screen because it didn't exist yet when Benjamin Graham was around and when he was writing his book. So we're going to leave it off. It does have that earnings component in there, though. So I like that. So let's recap what the screen is. It's PE at nine or less. So I did do nine. Um, I use the current ROI ratio of 1.5 or above. Then I use for the earnings, I did the five-year historical earnings at above 10%. That's a little aggressive that they're growing um, above 10%, but eh, why not get the earnings growth while we're looking at for these stocks, right? Right. So then the price to book value, um, for some reason, it's 1.2. I did use that actual number. And then for the dividend, it doesn't say how much of a dividend, so... I was a little conservative. I did greater than or equal to 1%. You could, if you want to get a few more stocks, put like half a percent or something. But again, I was like, well, we might as well go for it and get like a decent dividend yield of at least 1% or more. So after the first four components through price to book value, I had 48 stocks in the screen which I thought was, you know, that's not bad. But then once I added that dividend on, I only got um, 11 total stocks. But that's not so bad either. It's not as scary as I thought it might be. I thought I might get, you know, like five stocks or something. And so here are three of them that I pulled out of the list. As you might assume, um, because, again, that dividend was in there, 
we got a lot of the steady eddy type of companies, banks, insurance, those types of things, the big conglomerates who are going to be kind of stable. But those aren't always necessarily bad things, especially as volatility is picking up in the market. So here are three out of the list that I thought were interesting. So first one is Citigroup. Ticker is C for that one. And um, I actually checked the rank just to make sure like we're not, we weren't doing a four or five with any of these three. And this one is a rank number two, which is the buy. And they have dividend yield of 2.6%. So that's pretty good. Their PE is just 8.9, almost 9%. So it's right on the edge of this screen. Um, they do have a peg. So the peg is good. It's 0.7 because we have the earnings growth going on in this screen as well. So Citigroup, one of the big banks, a lot of them have been undervalued for quite some time. The second stock we've talked about on the show often on in the past, CVS. So they're not just the CVS stores. They now own Aetna. So they have health insurance. And with the Medicare for All, all these health insurance stocks have been getting hammered. They're kind of off the lows here now, but that means all of these are still really cheap. So this one has a P of 8.1. That is cheap. The dividend yield is now 2%. So I'm kind of liking that. It is a number three. Um, I didn't look up the peg on this one, but uh, they have pretty good earnings growth with that Aetna component, which they're still integrating into their business. But these have been a little more volatile than some of the other groups, actually, like I said, because they um, are feeling threats from the Medicare for All on the health insurance side. And then the third stock is insurance, which you might imagine Benjamin Graham, um, his model is bringing up insurance. That's one of Warren Buffett's favorite areas as well with Geico. But this one is Lincoln National. And the ticker here is LNC. Don't do what I did and do LINC, which is a, a different Lincoln educational services something it's not the insurance um, wealth management company that I was looking for. So LNC is a ticker. And yeah, they do life insurance, employee benefits, retirement, wealth management, all of that on the financial side again. P is just seven. Dividend yield is 1.3. So over one, but not as good as the other two. The peg on this one is 0.8. So decent peg with them because we're going to get the earnings growth as well. So as you can see, the screen did work here to give us three pretty good solid names, the steady eddy names, because it's got the dividend in there. But none of these, I don't think anyone would argue, are growth stocks in the way that Amazon is or any of the other ones. But these are just frankly cheap stocks. And that's what we're looking for as a value investor. So the definition of a value investor is these three stocks right here. And what Benjamin Graham said, undervalued stock, not necessarily a gross stock that has gotten cheaper. So just because a stock was, you know, trading at a certain level, and now it's down 30% off of its high, or 40% or something like, say, Grubhub doesn't mean that its valuations and its other characteristics are necessarily value. I kind of hope some of these actually go into the value range because um, then I am even more intrigued. But we're trying to get stocks uh, below their market value, essentially, on sale and where the rest of the market isn't really recognizing the value in them, and that's why they're cheap. So let's recap some of the tickers here again. 
there was Amazon, which I guess is kind of now in the value family, even though it's not a value stock, AMZN. I do own that one in my own personal portfolio, as I said. We have Citigroup, which is just C. CVS is just CVS. And then Lincoln National on the insurance side. Don't overlook insurance, even though it may seem boring. Um, They've had a good run, some of these insurance types of stocks. LNC is the ticker there. So be sure to subscribe to our show so that you get it every week. And I will be covering more about what happened at the Berkshire meeting. I'm going to wait for their filing to come out uh, from last quarter. It's 45 days at the end of the last quarter. So we should be getting it sometime shortly, actually. And when that comes out, I'm going to be discussing any more surprises that might be in Berkshire Hathaway's filings um, because all we know about is Amazon. There could be something else. So stay tuned for that, but you want to subscribe so you can get us on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. And if you want two shows for one, you can get us on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge. But be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only. Nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.